if there's only one positive thing coming out of this coronavirus pandemic, then it is the immense burst of solidarity and awareness that people are spreading and um, that is around us when it comes to people who suffer the most from the circumstances at the moment. That includes refugees, homeless people, disabled people, people with mental illnesses, people suffering from domestic abuse and the list goes on. And in today's episode we're going to talk about another group that is heavily affected by the coronavirus pandemic and that are the Romani people of Europe, also called the Roma. Like many other ethnic minorities, they face a lot of discrimination, systematic oppression and have to suffer the consequences of uh, centuries-long stigmatization that of course now is showing itself very very strongly and drastically in times of the global pandemic where many sanitization and basic necessities are not available to a lot of Romani people. And I reached out to the Ergo Network, a NGO that is connecting grassroots organizations throughout Europe to learn more about the Roma, about their uh, heritage, their history, um, what they mean to Europe and how activism for Roma looks like and what the consequences of the global pandemic are for Roma. We're going to learn about the origins of anti-gypsyism, how it manifests and what that means for Roma in times like these. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I really hope you enjoy and let's get right into it. Gabriella, thank you so much for being willing to contribute to my podcast and educate people about Roma in Europe and about your activism and what you do. And especially now in these times of the coronavirus pandemic, about the dangers and threats that the Roma have to go through. And to start off, I would um, love for you to introduce yourself and to introduce the Ergo Network and the activism that you do. My name is Gabriela Harbanova. I am the director of uh, European Roma Grassroots Organization Network, or Ergo Network. Uh, we are organization based in Brussels, connecting about 30 grassroots organizations across Europe, Western Balkan, Turkey, but for example also uh, Ukraine. Uh, we fight uh, against anti-gypsism. We are advocating for better policies for uh, Roma in Europe. And also we create a strong network uh, that empowers uh, Roma activists. We are also saying that we are uh, bridging the Roma reality, uh, practically showing those uh, who are deciding in different institutions uh, what is happening on the ground and uh, connecting the dots for uh, policy making. Can you tell us a little bit about the Roma? How many Roma uh, live in Europe? Uh, what their origins are? And... Perhaps you can give some some historical context. Uh, Roma are the largest Europe minority. Uh, the estimates are about 10 to 12 million uh, of Romani people in Europe. Uh, about 6 million uh, should live in the European Union. Most of them uh, they are having a citizenship of the European country or the country they live in. 
but uh, still uh, they are victims of prejudices and social exclusion, uh, despite that uh, many European countries ban the discrimination. So uh, we see that the laws which are uh, practically um, in European Union are not reaching out to Roma and protecting them. So uh, Roma are facing a lot of prejudices, but if we look back into the origins, uh, Roma live, uh, Roma left about 1,000 years ago in uh, India. Uh, we see this from uh, the linguistic evidence, um, because as Roma were traveling from India to Europe, we can say how we can see how the Romani language, this is the language of our people, has changed over time, and we can trace it. So we can see that, uh, for example, Roma passed through Persia uh, before uh, the codification of Persian language. So we know that it was more than 500 years ago. Roma arrived to Europe uh, about 800 years ago. So we are uh, quite a well-established uh, European nation. Uh, many people also think that Roma are a nomadic, uh, nomadic uh, nations, but... Uh, we, Roma were settled over the time and we have really uh, people uh, of Romani origin that settled more than the 700 years in Balkan, in Slovakia and they, have, uh, they are building very strong roots in the countries uh, in which they are living. Uh, we have only small group of traveling uh, travelers, uh, Roma. Mm, it's about 15%. Uh, they're living mostly in the Western Europe. Uh, we can meet Roma, traveling Roma in uh, in Netherlands, in Spain, in France, uh, Belgium, uh, but also in England. Uh, we want to see like uh, where is the largest Roma population. So the largest Roma population in the kind of more global context, uh, it's in Turkey, Romania, Russia. Uh, when it comes to uh, uh, the heart of the Europe, uh, we are always talking about the big five, uh, which is uh, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, uh, Bulgaria. These are also countries uh, which are sort of the biggest attention of uh, European Union. But also uh, uh, there are a lot of Roma uh, and a lot of uh, issues connecting with uh, this kind of uh, the kind of integration or inclusion of Roma also in Italy, uh, Spain, France and other countries. Uh, just uh, coming back to this global picture, we have also a lot of Roma in America, in Brazil, and uh, practically we are making a European nation, uh, which is uh, a pride nation. We have our uh, flag, we have our anthem, and we also recently uh, celebrated uh, International Roma Day. Now, unfortunately, there is still a heavy systematic oppression and systematic exclusion of Roma in many fields as I have learned and read from your projects and on your website. Um, how does this discrimination and these stereotypes manifest and what are the consequences for Roma in general? What are the struggles they have to face daily and um, systematically? And how does that look like now in the coronavirus pandemic? Roma still remain the most disadvantaged group, the most marginalized group in Europe. To 
illustrate with some numbers. Uh, so it was surveyed uh, by a European uh, Fundamental Rights Agency that about 80% of Roma are living below their countries at risk of poverty threshold. Uh, every third Roma lives in housing without tap water. I think it's almost unimaginable that practically you don't have an access to a tap water and that every child lives in a household where someone went to bed hungry and at least uh, once in the previous months. And even more striking is that about 50% of Roma between the ages of 6 and 24 do not attend the school. So practically, uh, uh, EU MIDIS uh, tool report, which is the report that was issued by the Fundamental Rights Agency, and this agency is giving uh, uh, data to the European Union to, to also to kind of bring and show the reality. It's showing that Roma are the European Union's largest ethnic minority uh, that continues to face discrimination and unequal access, access to the vital uh, services. So what we see that the combination of those various factors, such as poverty, low level of education and skills, and anti-Egyptism, anti-Egyptism anti we are saying is a specific form of racism against Roma. Because very often also people would say like, I'm not a racist, but still they don't want Roma as their neighbors or as their co-workers or even not imaginable that uh, uh, their um, daughters or son would marry a, a Roma. So we see that this discrimination in both education and employment continues uh, uh, to serve serious structural barriers for Roma to fulfilling their potential, but also to contribute to the society, to be uh, the full agents of their life and uh, to contribute to the labor market, to enjoy the quality of schooling and, and to... Uh, and to be the full uh, member of the society. What are institutions doing to prevent this sort of anti-gypsyism and racism against uh, the Roma? And what is the, the role of the EU? In this regard, uh, we also have member states who are um, having different measures in their uh, national policies uh, to, to kind of help uh, to settle the situation. We have European Union giving guidelines to the member states in the form of EU Roma framework for national Roma integration strategies. But somehow we don't see this is working. So we also see that there is a structural racism on the side of institutions. So practically those who are deciding about Roma on, in those different institutions, they are uh, also having a lot of prejudices and stereotypes themselves. So it's very hard to implement any positive measures for Roma. And this, this uh, comes especially important on the local level, because on the local level, if you imagine a village that wants to bring some positive measures for Roma, and then there is a majority of society who is against Roma, why would they like to support a, a mayor or a political party that's, that's doing something for Roma, so practically um, cutting the potential to be re-elected for those uh, political elites. Uh, so we see very little uh, that has been done in the past, very little improvements 
although there are many years of, of investments. So we have been using the term anti-gypsyism, but what does it actually mean? I know that the term gypsy is considered offensive by a lot of Roma and it is usually not used and is also based on the misconception that the Roma originated from Egypt and they're by essence nomadic and uh, travelers. But as you told us, this is not the case. Only 15% of Roma are travelers. So what is anti-gypsyism what, and what does it entail? Actually, it's very hard for uh, the Roma activists uh, to, to act not only today, but the anti-gypsyism is very much uh, spread around the society. So uh, we see this anti-gypsyism as a specific form of, of racism uh, towards the Roma, Sinti, travelers and others who are stigmatized as gypsies in the public imagination. So I think it's important. So very often those prejudices, they don't go against Roma themselves, but against those who the society or the people think they are Roma and they are attributing them a certain uh, certain characteristics. So uh, even though we see that this term anti-gypsum has a several uh, is already being recognized by several institutions, uh, there is still not common understanding of this nature. So we are fighting kind of for anti-gypsum to be recognized and to be uh, to be implemented the measures against anti-gypsum but uh, the kind of full uh, understanding or kind of recognizing its full impact it's still not in place uh, so we are using the term of anti-gypsum when we are indicating the attitudes against Roma It can be also about expressing uh, negative stereotypes in the public sphere or uh, in a hate speech. But there is much bigger spectrum of those dis discriminatory expressions and practices. And some of them uh, may be very implicit or hidden uh, manifestations. So, for example, we are saying that uh, that the anti-gypsism can be, can be uh, positive, And negative. So negative, it's of course, but also positive prejudices uh, are in place. Uh, we can uh, mm, we can see anti-gypsism and also in a good intentions. Uh, we can see them from the right wing and uh, in the mainstream society as well. Uh, we can uh, have both direct and indirect uh, forms of anti-gypsism, uh, and you know, anti-gypsism can be. Seen in denial, but also the over uh, over acceptance of 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 Roma, and uh, what is always uh, kind of striking for me uh, that anti-Gypsyism it's not about what it's being said, but also what is uh, being done, and what is not being done, and this is very much important uh, because the kind of lack of of actions. So, for example, now uh, the Roma communities, they have, which they don't have access to the uh, running or a clean water. So, practically, we see that that this is a very big form of anti-gypsism because although there were financial resources in the past that could help Roma uh, communities to actually have uh, to introduce the electricity or the running water to their communities, but nobody was acting, nobody was uh, doing anything. So now we see a very big problem because this non-action 
actually can create even bigger crisis and it's hard to operate in this uh, in this environment because we are fighting you know kind of prejudices stereotypes uh, fully embedded in the society but at the same time you know we see the need of the people and then there is like um, worsening living conditions and in the today crisis the health crisis uh, Roma can be can be hit uh, the most how did the discrimination against the Roma show itself in former times and how does it manifest now? So what we see today in our society that anti-gypsism is very spread. Practically it's a new norm. Like uh, for um, for attacks or um, even a hate speech that would be against any other minorities, for example Jews, uh, for Roma it's it's being tolerated and it's being also uh, narrated by uh, uh, politi politicians and, 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 and other important people. So, and it's not being punished. So we see today, and again, it's, it's confirmed by the Fundamental Rights Agency, that Roma are the most disliked and the most discriminated um, minority. So we see it from the Fundamental Rights Agency. We also have a barometer, EU barometer, that shows that practically Roma are the most disliked and most discriminated minority. And I think it's also important to look uh, back in, in, in the history because it has been for centuries that Roma are facing these uh, stereotypes and prejudices in Europe. They were always used as scapegoats for any problems of the civil society. So if there are some problems, Roma are just kind of uh, being attacked for, uh, for, for, for causing the problem. And we see it again today in, in this pandemic situation with COVID-19, like Roma are those who are bringing in, in the countries, Roma are those who are spreading the disease. And it has been uh, uh, like this for centuries. And uh, we have examples from the past, uh, Roma people in Romania were, were taken in slavery until the mid-19th um, uh, century. Uh, we also have Roma uh, being uh, subject to the genocide during the World War II. Uh, most of the Roma actually perished uh, in the concentration camps uh, uh, during the Nazi, uh, Nazi era. But even a very recent example of forced uh, Roma women sterilization in Czech Republic, the latest case of Roma women uh, sterilization uh, was in 2007, and it was unconsensual uh, sterilization. So practically that woman didn't know what is happening to, to her. Only after she woke up from anesthesis, she... Uh, she realized, or actually she was told uh, much later the, what, what happened to her and that she cannot have children anymore. So we see that the effect of those horrific times uh, are also having some uh, consequences today. So it's, it's very big pressure on Romani people psychologically, economically, but also socially. So uh, though the genocide of uh, the World War II is not anymore here, but even the communist time uh, suppressed uh, some of uh, the cultural, uh, some of the cultural traditions, the language. Uh, Roma children went sent to the institutions, and somehow we can see today, and then the fear from uh, those inclusion um, measures 
it's still very much present and uh, Roma are not being uh, recognized or not they don't want to recognize themselves in the census they are not showing up as, as Roma they are hiding also very often their true identity especially if they want to be successful in the society so uh, we see that the society it's not allowing the space uh, for Roma to actually uh, take the space and to and to claim uh, uh, the rights and 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 the, and the space uh, that we ought to have in our societies. How is the coronavirus pandemic affecting Romani people around the world? Now in the new uh, time of the pandemic situation of uh, the new coronavirus, we can actually see the failure of governmental measures. Uh, I was already mentioning that there is a EU Roma framework for national Roma integration strategies, which is helping to implement uh, or giving a guideline to the member state to implement uh, measures uh, to advance the situation for Roma and the member states. But we see that there was no significant impact and that the living conditions didn't get uh, any better. And uh, practically uh, we see that because of this, that because of the extreme and hard conditions that are Roma facing in um, segregated or overcrowded settlements and in camps, uh, very often they are in a close proximity to the toxic dumps or in a remote sites without basic infrastructure. They don't have access to a clean water and sanitation. So we see that uh, it doesn't help uh, to kind of secure the livelihood and the, the, the health uh, situation of the Roma during the pandemic situation. We see that, uh, you know, adding to these devastating living conditions and the widespread anti-gypsism, uh, Roma communities are facing stricter, stricter restrictions than any other neighborhoods. Uh, Roma travelers are being controlled more than often, and Roma even faced blame. They are even faced blamed uh, for carrying the virus, and uh, governments are using the health street to push uh, forward racist policies. And uh, actually, they should be doing exactly the opposite, and they should pay uh, special attention to vulnerable groups, and to make sure uh, that. Uh, that there are special efforts, that there is a humanitarian aid and sanitation uh, coming to uh, to help the Roma and to making sure that uh, there are no um, no situation or no not no, not bigger crisis uh, appearing. In our work, uh, Echo Network and its partners, uh, we are uh, asking governments to remain uh, vigilant against these uh, racist attacks. And we are also calling on European Commission to ensure that the uh, new release EU Solidarity Fund, it, uh, it's, it's responding fully to the crisis and it's taking in account the needs of, of Roma and the marginalized communities. And uh, we actually have to make sure that member states uh, will guarantee that poor and marginalized communities have access to clean drinking water, food, healthcare and housing, as well as, as, well as to reali re reliable information. Because very often also those communities, they don't reach uh, to the information and we, uh, it's only the mediators or social workers who are also heavily affected by the pandemic situation and it's hard for them 
uh, uh, to to reach out to Roma. So we have to follow the health crisis and making sure uh, that Roma are being uh, part of uh, of uh, of the solutions and that uh, the measures and the help is also reaching uh, uh, to us. Gabriela also points out that even though the situation is very dire, their partners in Bulgaria, Czech Republic, um, Romania and many more have come together and really focused all their energy and all their attention into making the situation better for Roma in the respective countries. The Integra Association in Bulgaria um, immediately after the outbreak was confirmed made sure that NGOs are organized with relevant governmental representatives to actually protect Roma. Roma doctors are on the front lines um, and the organization in, in Romania actually convinced the municipality to distribute weekly food packages and offer sanitization. They're really working together and the solidarity is is booming and bursting which is of course very very positive what do you think can be done to foster that understanding of the european sentiment and improve the inclusion of roma in society and especially now how can this time be used to to actually educate people about roma so uh at this very moment we We really have to make sure that uh, Roma people across Europe and also beyond, uh, they have access to the basic humanitarian aid. So we have to see this really as a humanitarian and health crisis. So all those products related to the medical help, sanitation, clear water, food. Food is super important because uh, there's so many people uh, working, uh, were working in an informal sector or in um, have running small businesses practically now they have no access to and you know those people you know didn't have savings to to live another few months for from it and and the resources are very scarce so we have to make sure that the humanitarian aid it's it's given we also have to make sure that there is a coordination among different stakeholders and those who has uh, the infrastructure or uh, the sort of support like a mentioning Red Cross or other big humanitarian organization they are taking Roma in account uh, also the member states funding and measures again all the mainstream measures uh, we have to make sure that they are working for Roma so in these days uh, we are emphasizing our advocacy so we have to make sure that uh, we are able to reach those to uh, those who can decide and making sure that the mainstream will work for Roma and that uh, uh, that there are also specific measures uh, for Roma. So although we had to change the priorities at the grassroots uh, level, uh, we had to make sure that those people have this access to the basic needs. I, I, I imagine it's overwhelming for everybody because uh, there is no uh, clear uh, vision on how long uh, this will take and how long uh, we have to stay in the isolation without the access to the basic services. So we also have to start thinking of what is uh, going to happen after. So kind of changing the priorities, making sure we are able to you know, uh, react on what is happening now Uh, and also to start preparing for uh, the kind of time after because 
you might actually have a very devastated, uh, desolated uh, people and the communities uh, with um, kind of this pandemic, after pandemic situation. Uh, children who were not schooled for a half a year because yeah uh, they didn't have an access to to internet computers or just didn't have a calm place at home uh, to do their uh, to do their um, online online homework so we have to think also how to make sure that we will be able to assist Roma uh, in the time after so we also somehow have to gather our energy at this very moment and to make sure that uh, we stay uh, safe and sane and healthy uh, because we will be needed uh, not only now but also after and I really wish that everybody would uh, kind of keep uh, this solidarity in their minds and hearts and to make sure that uh, we are in this together we go through this together but also we will uh, we will end up uh, much better at the end and we will learn from the situation thank you to everyone for making it until the end of this episode i hope that this episode was informative for you and that you learned something uh, from it and that you know more about the Roma and their situation in general, but now especially during the coronavirus pandemic. I mentioned in the beginning that this outburst of solidarity is something really, really positive and it, I think it keeps a lot of us um, going and helps us through these times and gives us a sense of community. But of course, only solidarity will not change anything. So solidarity has to be followed by structural change that we have to demand now for Roma and for all marginalized groups. The structural change has to come from institutions. Um, as we learned uh, from Gabriella, a lot of the anti-gypsism and racism is within the institutions. And of course, that is not a fertile ground for change. We always have to start with solidarity and we have to hope and demand that structural change will follow. And again, thank you to the wonderful graphic designer at Happy to Borders on Instagram who created this unique cover art. I'm so, so, so happy, so excited. Uh, happy to Borders is a graphic designer who does activist art and Oh my God, it's so powerful and please check it out. I really, really love it. Thank you so much. Also, you can follow the Ergo Network on Instagram with the handle ergo.network and follow them on Facebook, support their work, support their activism. If you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave me a rating, um, subscribe on Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, so you can listen on your desktop if you want and subscribe there. And most importantly, share with a friend or share with your family if you enjoyed it. And yeah, I wish you all the best and I hope all of you are doing fine. And I'll see you soon.